everybody. It's Drew. Yo! And this is Josh, obviously. <laughs> uh, we are just going to give you guys a quick update. We've had a, a couple things in the works. Um, some projects we've been working on for the podcast. And uh, it's time to reveal, I suppose. Uh, first things first is we're going to be switching systems away from Mutants and Masterminds. Uh, Love it as we did. Yes, it is as great of a system as it is. It's flawed for what we want to use it for. Mostly when we get together for live play sessions and everything. There's a lot of rules that we have to slog through and remember, and if we played more on the regular, it probably wouldn't be that big of a deal. But at right, this point, it just kind of slows us down. It doesn't always, but the times when it has, it slowed us down a lot. I don't know if you all remember uh, the part in Sentinel's story where he got into a very tactical fight with a bad guy who was sent to kill him but those all those rules for like auto fire and you know cover and uh, surprise and all of that stuff like man we had a tough time with that so the the new system drew's going to tell you about is a lot more i don't know fluid yeah um for a, a while actually ever since we started the podcast i i'd been on the hunt for the perfect system for what we needed the way we played and i looked at powered by the apocalypse games like masks and uh worlds in peril and those were really tempting because they are narration based uh champions you know third editions mutants and masterminds but we couldn't find that glass slipper and i was randomly poking around i think i did a google search for different superhero systems because i heard that uh mutants and masterminds is adopting the champion system in their new edition so i just kind of wanted to see what else was out there and i ran across this game called prowlers and paragons and it was a slightly older system i think it released in 2015 and i i did some hunting around and uh found out that they had just finished recently a Kickstarter for a new edition. And so I, I found a copy of their old one and kind of looked through it and looked through the quick start of their new one. I was like, wow, this has a whole lot of promise. So I contacted the people at uh, Evil Beagle is the name of the publishing company, and they're very small. They're located in Georgia. And... Uh, you know, I told them that we were interested and in, possibly interested in using their system, and they actually sent me a early edition release. Uh, it didn't have any art or anything like that, but it was the early edition of their new system. And man, it's it's great for what we want to do. Like we're gonna have to do a couple tweaks here and there because we have a, a existing characters and world. Um, I was really impressed with this. Yeah, what I'm so, you know, I'm not that far into it yet, but what I'm noticing is that, first of all, the die is smaller. I mean, as much as I sort of came up on it 
I have a love-hate relationship with the D20 because it's so big, it can make a character who is supposed to be competent a total asshole if you're just unlucky. There's a lot of room for somebody who shouldn't be fucking something up to fuck something up. Um, yeah. But it's also, you know, it's not just that this is a D6 system and that has a certain um, concise... Uh, power to it it's also that the way that they resolve things is more inherently narrative if you beat the you know difficulty or whatever on a roll you get narrative control is the way that they put it which is such a i mean that if nothing else told me this was a fit for us because it's like that's how we have to do things anyway like being being remote like the normal uh tabletop gaming experience of like oh we've all got these documents in front of us we're like scribbling stuff on a dry erase uh sheet or, or, or whatever like the normal or expected mechanical stuff that goes on in like a typical D D campaign like we we don't do that here yeah we, absolutely and so this this way of it being like, well, okay, we're gonna introduce a little randomness. We're gonna we're gonna lean on the dice for a second, but the result of that is just who gets to dictate what happens. And when it's close, there are the uh, complications and uh, wait, yeah. what, what are the, what's the term? Uh, it's the uh, you get embellishment and compromises. But embellishment. what we're gonna do is we're not gonna give you guys a complete like crunch rundown of the system but we're going to give you like the important talking points um but what fluck is talking about is you everything's rolled on a, a d6 and depending on what your stat is or your power or anything like that you roll that many dice and on a two and a four it's considered a success sixes are considered two successes and then you have like your threshold of how difficult it is from zero to whatever uh, like two is a standard hard rating, uh, five is inhuman, and twelve is godlike. And the way they have it is, who gets narrative control is if you get negative two successes or less, the opponent, typically the GM, uh, gets to narrate. If it's negative one to zero, the opponent gets to narrate it, but the person that rolled gets to embellish. They get to do like some small little narration that doesn't negate the roll, but it it just adds flavor. And then from like one to two, uh, the person that rolled gets to describe it, and then the opponent gets to do the embellishment. And then if you like get three or more, then you just whoever rolled gets to describe the entire thing. Which is, which is kind of what I've been doing when I've had a tabletop group in some cases anyway. Like if they're, you know, if I especially like doing this in combat when an, uh, when a monster or a bad guy is defeated, if I see that a, a player character is going to take them out as a role, I say, you tell me what happened. Yeah. Because that, you know, it's a little bit, like it's a, it's a contained amount of control that a dm can give a player and it makes it a lot more fun for everybody because like you don't really know what the player is going to say exactly 
can probably guess if you know your group. But with this, like that's that's not some house rule kind of thing. Like that's baked into it, which is very cool for me. Yeah, and and one other thing I I really like about this is if you don't want to roll you know, say you have a dice pool of, of 12 dice and you're going up against some mook. You don't have to roll. You can take half of your dice pool and that's considered that many successes. So if you have a dice pool of 12 and you don't want to roll, you can just take six successes. Which is really fitting with the idea of superpowered beings. I mean, if, if we were doing a gritty horror style you know survival oriented story then the dice like the threat of failure even for a competent character would be interesting it's not interesting when it's like look i'm a psychic government experiment gone wrong i have like nine dice for this intelligence role somehow i failed completely like no successes like anyway it's it's appropriate to this setting. It wouldn't fit with like a horror survival type game, but it fits with this one. Right, and they and they have like uh, grittier rules and everything to go along if you don't want to do a complete like four color system. But one thing that I think translates really well from us music, moving from mutants and masterminds is their character creation system, which is very much in the spirit of mutants and masterminds like their power bank and the way a character is generated you have hero points depending on what uh, level the character is and that's what you build on and it's i mean there are a lot of parallels but i think the system in and of itself is what uh is is so great about this like, I feel like we're still making the same characters on a system that's more friendly to, to us. Yeah, there's the the thing that I'm noticing about it, the, the term that keeps coming to my mind is frictionless. It's not exactly, you know, it's not like 100% frictionless because nothing really ever could be. But at the same time, it just seems like a streamlined way of doing a lot of the things mutants and masterminds did and i like that about it a lot yeah and there's not eighteen thousand charts that you have to reference like in this system movement is abstract like if you have movement based powers there's close range uh, long range and then extreme range and per turn you can move one increment and if you have like move based powers you can move one extra Right, which reminds me of the Fate core system, which is very cool. I just think that, um, you know, and I, I don't mean any offense to anybody out there who really enjoys this aspect of it, but calculating, like, how many feet or yards one thing is from another is absolutely disinteresting to me, and um, I think it has terrible slow down effects on gameplay it's like not dramatic to me at all really and so you know it i i, I think a lot of that is a holdover from of course the the legacy of dungeons and dragons the original system which apparently got its uh 
start as like a wargaming thing like let's simulate very specific distances and you know modes of attack and you know what what materials pierce other materials and stuff like that but you know that's not what we're into right if you're into that fine and you know i i used to dig stuff like that like oh you know this is incredibly precise and blah 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 but I don't know if it's the older I've gotten or what, but I'm like, it's, I find the abstract, you know, make it interesting without too much specificity is a lot more uh, alluring to my, to myself. Yeah. It, 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 it lets us stay flexible. It, um, it doesn't like, I think the other thing about it for me is that, uh, a, a lot of those wargaming type systems, not just like older editions of of D anD D, because I think Fifth Edition has usefully gotten away from this to some extent. But systems like that that are focused on those details, I think they present us with this illusion of control. The mm. idea that we are calculating things in a very precise way, and there's some very specific logic, and that's tempting, but it's also bogus. I mean. I don't know about y'all, but me, like, when I'm an hour and a half into a session and and I'm trying to simultaneously imagine a very tense, dramatic scene of, like, combat or some, you know, ongoing environmental hazard or, like, a really tense social situation, my, my brain just gets drained so fast trying to imagine that, trying to, like, socially understand what the other players at the at the table or doing all that like i miss triggers you know the logic breaks down you forget stuff you wrote this number down wrong and you didn't realize it until you know what i mean like that kind of thing it's very tempting to think we're going to go through this exhaustive and really detailed mental process and it'll be awesome because it'll be very pure (laughs) clean but it just doesn't work it just like you have to be a machine to do that and although I'm sure many of you don't believe me when I say this, I'm not a machine. It's, Drew it's still can out for that. I suppose. <laughs> He's much too Italian to be a machine. He can't help it. Ah, culo. So, yeah. And, and, and I mean, this this system, like, we can go on and on about it, you know, uh, comparing it with mutants and masterminds for the, those of you that are hardcore into it but it's you know it's got flaws and it's got resolve and everything it's a very uh, hero point base like there's a lot of corollaries so you know it feels like we're going to hang out at the you know the familiar cousin's house or some Mm -hmm. other odd metaphor yeah you know we're, we're we're not exactly converting from uh us to metric here it's uh oh if only (laughs) uh one other thing though i I definitely want to talk about the system there's a few more things but they're quick character creation rules like if you're doing a one shot or if you need a quick uh npc or something their quick character creation is on point it's just like yeah yeah, you roll, you know, you have a, a general power level, 
you roll, it gives you uh, the type of power base they have, be it that it's like talented, which is innate powers, psychic, magical, whatever. The general power set that they have and their motivations, and it's all based on a roll of like 2d6. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's awesome. So if you're like, I need a character like super quick, it's just boom, boom, boom. And after like three or four rolls, you're done and you just got to write down some numbers. That's pretty excellent. Yeah. I had not gotten to that part of the book yet. That makes it sound like the the, the GM's job is going to be much simplified. Yeah. Or, or, or can be if you want it to be. Of course, Lord knows you and I can both obsess over details and tweak things endlessly but it's nice to think that when we don't want to do that we can just meh yeah and um the basic stuff that you guys have is uh let me make sure i'm getting the terminology correct because i want to give everybody kind of a general rundown of uh what it what a character looks like like a standard level character is 125 power points and you can have a cap of 12 dice in your dice pool. And then they've got like quick packages which are neat, um, which are like civilian, hero, and superhero packages. And it's like all of your stats, your abilities, and your talents, which are like uh, your attributes in most systems like strength, dexterity, agility, blah, 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 intelligence, are abilities, talents are your skills, like what you've been trained at. And a civilian package is like two dice to everything. A hero package is three dice to your abilities and two to your talents. Or a superhero is three to all of them. And then it tells you like how many points it costs. So it's really user-friendly when you're trying to like generate a character the first couple times. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I, I of course, am going to be more um, detailed about uh, making fergus in this system but whenever we uh pass the torch back and i'm running a story it's going to be very good to be able to just be like okay i can now assume this person has two dice in everything just yes. like thank fuck oh um and they've done a really cool version of that with minions yeah that was my next talking point was npcs so go ahead and talk about minions well, okay, so minions are at the bottom of the hierarchy. They're, you know, what Drew and I like to call mooks or, or whatever. Um, they're the uh, destructible scenery of the setting. And, you know, having made low-level mook-type people before and, and you know, catching myself in this mechanical bind of, like, if I don't flesh out their stats, then I won't know... You know, how good are they at spotting a stealth hero? Like, how good are they at resisting a, a, a hero who bluffs them? Right. Um, the, what what is intended to be a speed bump becomes either a mechanical or narrative, you know, quagmire. Right, right. because you don't want to... You don't want to find yourself looking for a number and not having it. So what they do in what evil beagle has done i love that name i just i you know i picture a beagle and evil is the last thing i would think of which is why it's so cunning um they they just have they've given minions one stat and it's called threat which is a great choice i i really like this idea and you just scale it up or down 
like if they're a, a very low threat, give them one or two dice. It's like, all right, stunt on these motherfuckers all day long, just like, you know, backflip off their heads. But if you want them to actually do anything, you just raise that number. It's like seven threat is no joke. These are killer robots. They will kill you. So the fact that there's hundreds of them just means whatever it means. Yeah, and and that's a a cool thing about them too is like you can say, okay, well, these are a, a... A bunch of thugs that are a two die threat but there's a hundred of them so now they're a five die threat right yeah mass them together a group a lot of systems have interesting ways of of dealing with that i mean fate again like this system to me i i get a lot of the mutants and masterminds um specifics the sort of outer circles of the system, but the inner core of it reminds me a lot of fate. Yeah, fate yeah, very much so. Or, or powered by the apocalypse. Like, like there's not named moves like in uh, P- right, PDTA, right. but the narration roles, I feel like, kind of lend towards mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I hadn't thought of it that way, but that, that does seem... There is... Uh, there is something there. PBTA is like so specific that it becomes unspecific. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fact that like you have to go through a move to do anything. Right, and and that's my kind of one gripe about Powered by the Apocalypse is if it's like, well, I need to roll dice, but this isn't any particular move in the playbook or in the game, so what do I do? And I feel like that's right. that's its kind of main downfall. Right. It's like, well, shoehorn it into a, a move that does exist. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, all right. Whatever you say, guy. Right. But uh, think... next up on NPCs is we have uh, foes, which are kind of like the lieutenants or maybe lower-powered villains or whatever. And again, this is kind of an elegant solution that Evil Beagle did, which was stat it exactly like a villain so you don't have to come up with an entire new, you know, stat pool or whatever, but you just like half their health and some of their other stats. So they're still a threat to a certain extent, but you're not going to have to sit there and wail on them like you are the main villain. That is cool. Yeah, like one or two hits and you can you can take down a foe, but they're still yeah. statistically dangerous. That is cool. Glass cannon. Yeah. I like that a lot. Mm. Yeah. I mean there's there's it it really and so when Drew first shared this uh the, the, the PDF that he has of this with me, I went I did a very unusual thing, which was I started reading from the very beginning. I did not go to the index and look up specific stuff. I didn't look at the table of contents. I was like, let me just start at the beginning. And the the intro that the the, the main developer, the main writer, gives is so heartfelt and so it shows so much commitment and enthusiasm for this genre I just about had a tear in my eye I mean it's like 
super genuine and earnest and like well thought out and you can tell that that like love for the genre is just suffused throughout this whole thing yeah and and they went and worked on like other projects but kept getting drawn back to this and something i meant to say at the very beginning of the recording is if you if this system is sounding interesting to you you can still back them on kickstarter uh like it's a late pledge type deal but you can still get the pdfs and they're still working in the process of you know ordering the physical copies and everything so yeah i'm just gonna google it right now and you can get the entry level ones like 20 is like 20 bucks for the pdf of the main book and it's it's totally worth it usually i don't i don't shill stuff like that but this is this is a, a solid system it's called prowlers and paragons ultimate edition yeah that's their that's the new one and they're they're trying to to wrap it all up but you know with things are what they are right now they're they've been delayed um but let's okay and finally we're moving on to villains they are statted exactly like your heroes so like any other system you don't have to learn a new thing for them uh but gms also get this interesting thing like heroes get resolve which lets them spend it depending on you can earn it and you start off with a certain number of points but depending on how the players play the gm gets the opposite which i think is called it's called adversity yeah and you can spend it kind of in a a negative form of that um it's just it's a it's a cool mechanic that kind of engages the the storyteller simultaneously which i i appreciate instead of just being like well i'm gonna do this just because now you can kind of have like almost a you know a mechanic a uh almost what's the word i'm looking for well it's 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 a bit of a constraint um, yeah. But as as the character in those pirates movies likes to say, it's more like a guideline, right? Which I think can be cool because it, if players see the DM or GM or whatever using this panic, which they can read about in the book, then it increases trust. You know, like oh, he's he's playing by a rule that right. we all know about. You know, it it, it can because I know sometimes st decisions can seem arbitrary um yeah that's the word i was looking for it's a less arbitrary thing instead of just saying well i need to do this so blah 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 this gives you a in for it yeah so they have such a great their their kickstarter page has such depth and there is a free quick start version of the rules available there. It looks like they're they've already they're almost already meeting one or two of the stretch goals. Not even 500 people have pledged to this so far. I got to give these guys some money. Yeah, I that, hate giving people money, but I'm going to give these people money. Yeah, they they hooked us up with the early edition, and we're gonna we're we're definitely gonna back them up. Uh, I mean. 
you know, Lord knows we don't have to because the awesome promotional power of the Bergcast is oh, worth yeah. its weight in gold. We're, it's a, we're a juggernaut. Weight. It's weight, which is zero. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a, a, podcast, a little more in the system is, you know, there's, it's not a shallow system. Like they've got equipment and machines and headquarters and you can build all of this stuff like you can build your own you know batmobile if you're inclined to do that if that's the type of character you want to play you can build your own headquarters and there's environmental damage and you know in the back they've got some npcs and creatures and all kinds of different stuff so they they really put a lot of work into this I think there's a beginning adventure, uh, you know, there's combat examples and it just put in solid all the way around. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm quite keen to try it out. I'm, uh, I'm pausing occasionally because I'm setting myself up to build puppeteer in this. So pardon me if I, uh, let a, let a pregnant pause. Right. Well, uh, you know, for roughly half an hour, we've we've gone on about this system, which I'm very, very excited for. Uh, but we do have something else in the works. And Tell them, Drew. Yeah. Tell so them what it is. We're going to join the masses, and we're ha we are starting a Patreon. And the reason why we want to do this is so we can give you guys something better. Like, we're working on a, a shoestring budget. Uh, you know, we do most of our recordings on our phones for play-by-post for this. You know, I've got a decent setup, but Flocky's machine is limping along. So I bought this computer secondhand from work, and then they laid me off. <laughs> yeah. So that's where we're at. Um. <laughs> And, you know, we, we don't have any desires or thoughts that, you know, this would become a full-time job. If it ever did, that would be awesome. But we really, if anybody out there is interested, everything that we make off the Patreon, we're going to put back into this podcast. We're going to get better recording equipment. Um, you know, I'm running Audacity now from when we very first started. I had Audition, but you know, just couldn't afford to do that anymore. So, you know, better recording equipment, better editing, add some music, um, you know, just better production stuff. And we've got four different tiers that we're working on. Tier one is going to be uh, three bucks, and that's, we're calling it the tourist uh, level. Three, these are all monthly things, and the idea is that when you buy in at that level, that's how we describe you in relation to Stringersburg. So yeah, yeah. At, at, at three a month, you're a, you're a tourist. You sort of come by casually. You know, you've 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 been to the Berg. You 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 have a photo from there. Yeah, and you know, we'll give you a thanks on the podcast, and you can suggest a uh, name for a person, place, or thing. And everything and then you know when we do that we'll we'll credit uh you for for doing that give you a thanks tier two is going to be eight bucks 
and we've got a, a postcard that we're going to be printing out. And Second tier is called Resident. Yeah, Resident. And Flocky will be writing a, a, a small little blurb uh, from a, 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 like a resident of the, the Berg. And yeah, I mean, the, the idea is that, you know, you have a connection now with someone who lives there. And so I send you a postcard as that person. And, um, you know, I, I, part of me is like, you know, as, as Drew and I were discussing this, I was sort of hesitant for a second because I thought, you know, maybe I'm committing myself to a fair amount of labor here. And then I remembered in summer of 2012, when I took a, a road trip out West with my sister, I was sending postcards home a fair bit. And I was doing this other experiment. I was trying to write hundred word stories and trying to like use tiny handwriting and fit a hundred words on a postcard. And I just really found myself enjoying it. So I don't know if your postcard will be 100 words or not, but you know, for me, it's like it's like flash fiction uh, in this universe, and it's from the point of view of like a regular person. Because to me, that can, that's such a great way to approach the superhero genre. It's just like, well, you know, what does what does Aunt Martha think about? know yeah and i think that's something that the the comic book series astro city did so well is they had an entire yeah. story arc or two from like the mundane people's perspective yeah and i think it's something that you can see a lot of really good comics doing there's a really striking issue of the invisibles which is such a far out weird awesome comic mm -hmm. there's a there's there's a whole issue that is about one of the minions. It's this guy that King Mob blows away and it shows you in the space of an issue his life. It starts with his death and shows you his life. And it's such a compassionate uh, gesture. You know, it's it, it shows a commitment to like, we're not just talking about these exceptional individuals. Everyone's an individual. Everyone's a person. Even some, you know, nameless npc like that's a human being yeah so uh but also on top of the postcard you also get a tales from stringersburg vinyl sticker which was designed by me and uh one of our local friends is uh actually producing this sticker so you know all all local homegrown goodness Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tasty. Johnson uh, City. Miss it. Uh tier three is gonna be fifteen bucks. And you get uh to sketch uh give us, you know, a rough outline of a character that could end up on the show. Not uh, not not literally sketches and draw unless you want to. You're welcome to do that. Yeah. But suggest someone to us not just a name you know tell us a, a a character idea and we hopefully will be able to use it ideally we would just put that person into a story at some point yeah and and you know there'll there'll be a a few guidelines you know things within reason but yeah like uh you you get to help populate the berg yeah um, that's a good way to say it 
Yeah, and it could be anything from just an outline, or you could write a short story. You know, there'll be a back and forth uh, to make sure that it's something usable for us, uh, you know, that it's going to fit within the fiction. Yeah. I mean, you know. And then tier Certain, four is well, going to... Uh, the uh, tier three is, we decided, was called Metahuman? Meta, yeah, Metahuman. Yeah, and then tier four... Which is a dubious hero. Dubious hero, yeah. Uh, is going to be 30 bucks. Um, there's actually going to be a limit of 10 of these. Because... because is why would more than 10 people on earth want to spend 30 bucks <laughs> yeah, a month it, on yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but uh, uh you'll get something from me and and flock uh for me you can get a custom piece of art uh be it from uh, of a character you know you can request whatever it is and it can be a painting or it can be digital if it's if we're still under quarantine and everything, I'll probably stick specifically with digital. And then Flocky will do a custom short story of at least five hundred words. Yeah, and again, like like the character idea, you know, it's something that will it's gonna be one of those things where we we, we have a back and forth you know. I I will have to have some sort of upper ceiling on the number of words <laughs> yeah know? but i i i look on this we i think i think i can speak for drew here too i we look on this as like if somebody is buying in at this level it is because they want to see some aspect of the world fleshed out and it's an opportunity to collaborate on that. And, you know, this has been done successfully in other, you know, narrative environments. I'm a huge fan of uh, Fail Better Games, and they've done this really well uh, through Kickstarter, you know, through, like, stretch goals. They have player, or sorry, um, backer-designed areas and thus, you know, story content. And I know which ones those are in those games, and they're good ones. You know, like, you guys might have really great ideas. So we're hoping that's the case. Yeah, and we definitely want to get... Both Flock and I are, are just terrible at social media. <laughs> just abysmal, <laughs> awful. But we definitely want to get more involved with, with you guys, our, our listeners. Even... Even if you don't back the Patreon, that's of little importance. But, you know, I try to run the Twitter and, and uh, Facebook and, and, you know, I'm on Reddit and everything. And I'm trying to be somewhat engaging, but we would, and I'm not joking, like, we would love to hear from you guys. Like, positive input, negative feedback, like, you know, I'm all about some cre uh, constructive criticism. Yeah, and you know, if you want to troll us, troll us. I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's it's no, it's no. I mean, again, like much like why would anyone give us thirty dollars a month? Why would anyone troll us? But hey, who knows? I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Finding that out. It's an adventure. 
Yeah. So yeah, you know, I, I mean, hopefully, it's just a way to build out the engagement that uh, doesn't take place on uh, you know platforms that maybe uh, people have legitimate criticisms of. Yeah. You know. And uh, right now we've got we've got two stretch goals. If we hit fifteen bucks, uh, we're going to get a website so we can put all the art, the show links, you know, all all of the different things. Uh, all all together in one place and then if we hit 50 bucks uh, our plan is that we'll do a new monthly live side story of all new characters ta still takes place in stringersburg but it's going to be an all new story yeah so that's kind and, of what we've we've got brewing and again like to to go back to points of reference astro city does that really well astro city every so often it just is like all right now we're gonna go to this neighborhood and and look at this hero all right now we're gonna go over here and i mean like we would love to flesh out the berg in that way y'all we got characters you ain't even seen yet i mean we went into a frenzy of character generation in in anticipation of the cerulean sentinel story and there's there's ease. I mean, there's a bunch of NPCs that haven't showed up at all yet. And yeah, and, and some of them we've vaguely named at like one point or another, or mentioned for some offhanded reason, and just right. nothing else past that. But again, you know, if you are really, you know, if you've been listening and you're like, wait, 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 go back to so and so, tell me more about so and so, chip in a few bucks, man, it'll happen. We can make it happen. Yeah, and I mean that's that's one thing that we one reason why we'd love to hear from you guys is yeah hit us hit us with that like let us know like who you want to hear about uh, who you don't <laughs> it doesn't mean that they're gonna completely go away but what if, what if what if we suddenly Drew what if we suddenly got like dozens of emails that were like i'm sick of puppeteer i'm sick of sentinel those those guys suck <laughs> well then then hit us to the 50 dollar <laughs> stretch goal and we'll start a new I'm, story I'm, I'm only interested in cricket I yeah i only want to know about cricket <laughs> everybody cricket. else can fuck off cricket and communicate <laughs> and the knife that stale uh, motherfucker oh man. oh man no that would be that would be if if we suddenly started getting a bunch of money every month and and one or more persons was like, I only want to hear about the knife, I think we might have to shut this down. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. But yeah, uh, we're going to put some links in the description below uh, about Evil Beagle, uh, their Kickstarter, their webpage, our Patreon. Uh, it'll be up and running by the time we've finished, by the time we've published this recording. And uh, before we go, uh, I want to do just a super duper quick uh, scene from where we left Fergus when he came back through time from the from the end of time. I, I just I just want to divert real quick, Drew. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my partner. Uh, 
my my lady friend, woman partner, person, domestic partner, watches the Harry Potter films for comfort a lot. And they were on recently, and I was reminded starkly of something Drew said during the last live recording. And uh, so I, I sneakily went to the Wikipedia for the Books of Magic, I found a picture of Timothy Hunter, and I zoomed in on it so you couldn't see the heading or the caption. And I showed it to her, and I was like, what do you think this looks like? And she was like, is that supposed to be Harry Potter? And uh, I did not do a booyah victory dance, but just saying. Just <laughs> is saying. it the one with him on the skateboard with the uh, the white owl behind him? No, but oh my god, there's an owl. Come on. I didn't even remember the owl, dude. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Sidetrack. All right. So, sorry. Had to chuckle for a second. <laughs> Let me get my narrative juices working. That sounded dirty. Uh... A little bit. So, Fergus is looking on at Stringersburg and... 138 is trumping around and you see beams of light and energy. You see characters flying around on the outskirts of the city, you know, a mile or two out. Uh, you're on like a uh, kind of a, a raised hill kind of kind of deal outside uh, a little bit to the northeast. You see the, the MHTF ha has roadblocks set up and everything. And you're gently hovering there. And you you, you move forward. You know, you, you propel yourself. Whatever. Or actually tell me, what are what's kind of Fergus's thought process right now? Well... I mean, seeing conflict in in the city um, first brings up, like, I think his first reaction is, is distaste. Just like, ugh, how inelegant. But then it becomes, oh no, uh, because he, he identifies with Stringersburg in some way, or, or has come to, certainly. And, and then when he sees the MHTF there, it becomes cold anger. It's just like, here we are again with these people who think that they should be in charge of everything. All they're going to do is steamroll everybody. So, you know, he's, he's, he's looking for a way to blame this on them. And he's, he would advance toward them. Okay. Okay, so you don't head towards the city. You you turn slightly uh, northward towards one of the the main interstates, and as soon as you take, as soon as you move five feet, you feel this, and you kind of stutter in place, and this awful pain starts starts racking your your psychic form your your uh, your psychic projection and 
almost like you're trying to think of, of a visual equivalent. Okay, fifth element when they're putting Lilu's body together. Hmm. That's almost what you see. You see like bones starting to knit from your feet up, followed by muscle and then tissue and all this stuff and it, it up your legs and your torso and then it starts at your fingers and goes down your arms and you can feel yourself being knitted back into this reality, back into this timeline. And you once it reaches your your throat, you know, you start to let out this scream, uh, but you don't have any air in your lungs. And then it finally reaches the top part of your, your head and you fall to the ground. And you just lay there shuddering against the grass in your flesh and bud, blood body again. Home sweet disgusting home. <laughs> Is, is does that include clothing, costume? Nope. Stark naked. Oh, okay. Fergus is terribly, fundamentally embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're gonna cut there. But like that's where we'll pick up on the on the recordings. Um, but mechanically, what this means, what I wanted to want to do is, I would like you to let me take a look at the power levels real quick. So Fergus would have been up to, like, high level in yeah, Cosmic Yeah, in right? Mutants and Masterminds, you were power level 15, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, puts Superman to shame. So he was probably legendary then. Yeah, yeah. Street level, low level, standard level, high, legendary, iconic. I would like you to make Fergus... I think he's gone past standard level because we were on like he was like power level 11 or 12 before uh -huh. all this started so I think make him high level yeah and then I want you to make a second character sheet uh -huh. and make him iconic uh, I have some loose guidelines that I'd like you to make like Okay. Keep your current, uh, or, or or keep Fergus's like uh, iconic powers, like his mind control and his telepathy and stuff. Uh huh. But this is gonna be his psychic form that, under certain circumstances, oh, he'll be able to shift into. Oh. But it's gonna come at a cost, which you'll find later. Okay. Like Oh, that's that's cool. That's some like Akira type shit there, man. I like that. Yeah, what I wanted to do was my my thought process behind it is you're back in the berg, so as interesting as this crazy like cosmically powerful entity would be in this setting, I th I it's think a it'd bit be busted. Yeah, like why couldn't he just automatically do everything he wanted to, which you totally could. Um, so narratively, I think it's a lot more interesting that you'd be able to switch back and forth. Like when shit gets 
real bad or you really need it. And I think we'll find narrative triggers mm -hmm. uh, for the iconic form. Yeah, there's there's even a mechanic in in that's written in here that might help us sort of we could use some of the same criteria. Did you read the part on defining moments? I, I it's something I was just looking at earlier. It's a it's a circumstance in which you can sort of overload your powers. At oh, that's cost. right. Yeah, yeah. So we could use similar criteria for that. That's a good idea. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I can really see how that would be at a cost because, like, obviously, like you just described, coming back into his body, even though it's something that he said he wanted, was traumatic. And so every time he switches one way or the other, it's going to be a traumatic experience and, and he's going to, you know, be forced to confront the fact that, like, when he was in this form... He spent like 15 years or whatever and like mass mind controlled a bunch of people to put on a play, mm -hmm. you know, just like insane, inhuman stuff. And he's struggling to hold on to his humanity. So I, I think that's a great. Right. Idea. And this could almost be a, a, a flip of that of he had all this power that he always asked for, but now he's got his humanity back. And this power, you know, this power slipping through his grasp. Right. Yeah. No, that sounds cool. And I, you know, I'm sure uh, only some of those additional points will be taken up with the energy form thing. Yeah, and I would. Um, I'll just tell you what I was planning on doing thematically or, or mechanically was yeah. uh doing the alternate form giving him you know giving boost to his powers that he's already got and then doing omnipower oh uh, and pretty much anything that you can justify as like a psychic power is just you just have this giant wheelhouse where you're like oh, i'm gonna use geez. this power Ooh. and you can use multiple ones in a turn but every one you use is a dice less Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can be like, well, here's my telepathy, blah, 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 blah. Mm. So I think also that will be interesting is that base Fergus probably doesn't have telepathy. Or if you want to give it right. to him, give it to him at like super low level. Yeah, no, you see, I don't I don't Ooh. think he's got it. I, I've I've been thinking about um so what I was going to say like an hour ago when I was like, let's hurry up and start recording because I don't want to <laughs> Sorry. miss this good stuff. No, 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 it's fine. I really, with any system, including this new one, which is very exciting, what's most interesting to me about role-playing games is how narrative decisions can drive mechanical ones and mechanical ones can drive narrative ones. So I'm looking at this new rule set as an opportunity to make narrative choices like because the rules offer certain possibilities and limits that can also suggest things for the character so for instance you know we can get into this we can haggle about this later but um i was so mutants and masterminds had the like hide in plain sight thing as a perk mm -hmm. they don't have that here they have the cloud mind's power 
and I'm thinking of giving it the con constant. Like, he can't shut it off. Mm. Always sort of a little bit clouding everybody's mind to his present. Because, like, he was away from the world for a while. Is he, is he actually back in the world? You know, like, he's a little bit out of face. So stuff like, like that is going to present itself, I think. And, and so the idea that he would, like, no longer have the telepathy that he developed in these cosmic settings makes absolute sense to me. I, I was never really like he, neither he nor I were at home with that idea yet. I don't think. Yeah. And, and I'm, you know, I, I was kind of hoping that that, you know, like for, for that juxtaposition, but, uh, also I, I kind of dig that since we're changing systems and, you know, trying to find those powers or whatever systematically to fit mm -hmm. uh, with the way I've kind of set it up, like maybe the way time has rewritten Fergus back into this reality, like maybe his powers are slightly different. Right. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna tell you that I'm I'm really interested in preparation. Mm -hmm. um, it fits with the again. There was a perk in Mutants and Masterminds that was like Mastermind or Master Plan. Master Plan, yeah. Which I I I was just starting to make use of toward the end of his last storyline in in the Berg, and I I really like that idea. Now it can it can make sense not only in terms of his power set, like, you know, there's this tense confrontation and it, it, it just so, you know, like he anticipated this. And so he has a convenient puppet placed there at the scene. Like he, he put somebody into a state to where they would show up when he needed them. Yeah. I, I, I think system wise kind of preparation is one of the most interesting powers that they put into the game. Yeah. And, and, narratively it can also relate back to the time he spent in the cosmic setting in the realms of time like he went into future's realm maybe he saw something there now that he's back in the berg he's like oh that's gonna happen mm, you know like mm -hmm. it, it provides another it's it's another source of justifications or you know uh flavor for that so you know again like narrative driving mechanics mechanics driving narrative i'm i'm really excited about this actually yeah can i just ask you a, a, a power level question yeah absolutely because i i haven't really started doing this yet and i'm i'm not sure but do we want to locate him his like physical self his like real self do we want to locate him somewhere between standard and high? Because I feel like there's a little bit of room for variance there. Like, it goes from 125 to 150, and the cap goes from 12 to 15. We could put him in at a weird number, like 135 and a 13 cap, or something like that. Do you want to split the difference a little? Because high yeah, might I, feel I, a little... I, I, feel that, I think that's a good idea, because I feel like... Um... I really don't want to go to legendary for a while, but at, yeah, I would like the possibility of leveling you up. 
Right. So yeah, let's split the difference between 150 and 125. Um, let's say um, one. Yeah, let's do 135 and 13 dice cap. Hey, 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 Drew. What if, what if we did 138? There, hey, there you go. <laughs> Let's do that. That yes, sold. One thirty-eight. That's perfect. Since somehow he's the key to this whole thing. <laughs> okay, and I'm sorry. What cap did you say? Uh, thirteen dice. Thirteen. Lucky number thirteen. And and uh, iconic Fergus. Um, you know, Cosmic Fergus, just yeah. try to keep it around 200. <laughs> I'm not saying 200 hard cap, but you know, don't go like, oh, 275 or whatever. No, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still a regular guy, Drew. You know, I'm still just out here, you know, Sundays. I know how much of a meta gamer you are, Flocky. Come on. <laughs> I still drive my Nissan Stanza, you know. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us ramble on and talk about changes and stuff that's going on. We, if you cannot tell, are very, very excited. Yeah, I not to gush too much, but um, we have had over 7,000 total downloads at this point, and... Believe me when I tell you that I never imagined such a thing would happen. No, I don't know. Never ever. I don't know who you are, and I don't know why you do this, but it is intensely gratifying. So, thank you for being here. Yeah, uh, yeah. What Flocky said, I was going to try to add, but that was that was great. So, well, we, you we've got to come through. with a better term, burgers. Stringers, I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna come up with some some term for you yokels. Yeah, uh, you know, collective nouns for listeners to the Bergcast uh, contest begins now. Oh, there we go. Let's yeah. So you know, no uh, no submission to Patreon necessary. Just hit us up on social media. I'm still trying to fix our twitter but right now we're at the birdcast one everything else you can find us at the birdcast we're on reddit the facebooks love to hear from you guys yeah and again um, a million thank yous